Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Oh, I almost put my mask down on a candle. I like open flames over here, people. <laughs> Good morning. My name's Jennifer. I am so happy to be here this morning with you guys. You know, last month we celebrated Thanksgiving and I celebrated a milestone in my own life. 15 years in service to the agency I work for. 15 years of my life in servitude. I know, that's a long time. 15 years. Goes by really fast, by the way. That does not count the two years I interned for free for them. So quite a long time with NCCDI. And I've been their enrollment manager for 14 and a half years. I started off as a family advocate. But one of the things that I get to do as an enrollment manager is I get to read a lot of federal regulation, federal law, state law. It's a lot of law. It's very boring. But there's a lot of it, and you have to be really, it's pretty tedious. And so I do, I read a lot of law. A lot of regulations in them. And, but the thing with federal regulation is there's a lot of gray area. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. But it's written in a way that gives you some wiggle room. And so I'm always looking for the wiggle room within the law because I serve my community and I want to make sure that we're serving them in the best way possible. So I'm always looking for that gray wiggle room. Except for the state. The state doesn't have any wiggle room, by the way. <laughs> it's very difficult to maintain. And, uh, but I, uh, I do find it as I'm able to. Matter of fact, my very first state review is like 10 years ago. And the reviewer sat down and said, I don't understand what you're doing. And I said, well, I followed all your regulations. And he said, yes. Because, but what, what are you doing in your program? Because there's nothing, there's nothing in our regulations that allow for this. And I said, yes, you're right. But it also says I don't, doesn't say I can't either. So, <laughs> so I got around some rules because it didn't explicitly tell me that I couldn't. So I was, I was actually, oh, I was actually thinking about this the other day and I would have made a really terrible Israelite. Like Doug was saying the other day when he was doing communion, they have over 600 rules and regulations. You can read them, actually. They're in Leviticus. And man, there's a lot in there. And I, um, <laughs> I have read Leviticus before. It's very interesting, by the way. But I've been really terrible because I would have been asking about the gray areas. Well, are you sure that I cannot do this? I would have. I would have been looking for all the wiggle room I could and all those 600 rules and regulations. And can you imagine? I'd probably get kicked out. They probably had, had Levi would sit me down and said, you know, Jennifer, in our tribe, this is just not a good fit for you. And they would have kicked me out. I would have. They wouldn't have liked me very much because I was always looking for the wiggle room. But as a Christian... We have to remember that there are a few things. So for me, I wouldn't have made it as an Israelite. But as a Christian, I think I'm doing pretty good. Praise God. Amen? Amen. 
So there's only a couple of things that I actually have to remember, and you do too, is that all I have to do is love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. Amen? I have to love my neighbor as myself. Amen? And all I have to do is go out and make disciples. Amen? Wow. Easy peasy. I can do that. And look at all that wiggle room. Right? There's a lot of wiggle room. He doesn't tell me exactly how I have to do it. He just says, you got to do it. I can do that. That means I can get super creative. And I do. I like creativity. And we can do it all because of the hope that we have. Because we have the hope, peace, and joy, and love of the Lord. That's the best part about being a Christian, is knowing that I've got hope in my life. So during this season of Advent, when we look back to the birth of Christ, with the knowledge that he's, we, knowledge that he's coming in, coming again, and the Israelites, however, they were looking forward to the birth of their Messiah, their Redeemer. So we already know that God keeps his promises because Jesus has already come and gone, and we're just waiting for him to come again. But the Israelites, they were kind of stuck with 600 rules and regulations waiting for a Messiah to save them all. And in, Miss, and in Isaiah 52, 7 through 9, if you want to pull out your Bible, if you have it, prophet Isaiah said, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation the news that God of Israel reigns. And the watchmen shout and sing with joy, for before their very eyes they see the Lord returning to Jerusalem. And let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. So God, through Isaiah, he was telling his people not to despair, to have hope, because he is the promise keeper. He keeps his promises. He is faithful in all things. His promise of hope, peace, joy, and love all culminate in Jesus Christ. But I think there is a lot of confusion over what hope means. Because when I think about hope, and I say it very sarcastically sometimes, it's like, I really hope you have a good day. Yeah, we say it nicer though, right? I hope you have a good day, but really we're thinking it super sarcastically, right? Hope. Hoping you have a good day. I, my, my favorite is, is I hope for the best and expect the worst. Because I'm the person that buys two toothbrushes just in case. I have a backup. I do. But I'm not like a toilet paper hoarder. That's too much for me. But biblical thinking, when it comes to the word hope, it means blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. I am secure in the knowledge that my God will never fail me, ever. I have that hope in my heart, and I live it every single day because I have blessed assurance of my God that he claims to do the, th- when he says he's going to do something, you better believe that he's going to do it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, not to harm you, but to prosper you. My God, 
keeps his promises. So I have hope in him. Hope also gives us that security that God will arrive. And although we can't see him right now, we will see him face to face someday. Isn't that exciting? I have so many questions, by the way. So many questions. And I look forward to that day that I get to meet him. Peace. Do you know that there's a Hebrew word, shalom? Have you heard that word before? My neighbor across the street when I was a little girl used to have that up on her wall. I had no idea what it meant. And I was pretty sure they were not Jewish. But it means peace. But not in the way that we think of peace. Like in our house, it's like we just want everybody to be quiet so we can have some peace and quiet, right? That's not what it means. Shalom actually means it means a slice of heaven. Can you imagine what that is? What a slice of heaven can you even, it boggles the mind, and that's one of those beautiful mysteries of God, right? And Jesus, he gives us peace in two different ways. We have inner peace, and then we have peace with others. The inner peace is because of the work that he did on the cross, and that we have that chance to receive salvation and have the Holy Spirit dwell within us. But we also know but we also have the peace of mind knowing that God will heal our broken world. Did you guys realize that? That peace, it's a peace of mind because we know that God will heal our world. And then we also have peace with others. Put aside our differences, especially with other Christians because we belong to the same family. And then peace from God, biblical peace, allows us to trust in God's promise. It's a restful, tranquil, tranquil faith despite the dark world that we live in. Isn't that beautiful? Having peace of mind, biblical peace, God's peace upon us. And that's what Jesus gave us. He's the prince of peace. And then, of course, we have love. You know, it's funny because we talk about love all the time. There's all kinds of different types of love. But my ultimate favorite type of love is agape love. And that is love in its highest form. And it's what God's love is for us. And the reason that we love is because he loved us first. Because he is love. We can't love others without loving God first because he gives us that love. It comes from him. And of course, we all know what love is, because we've all read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? The love chapter. I actually love that chapter. Not looking at Luke, because he thinks it's funny. But love, what is it? Love is patient, it's kind, it's not jealous, it's not boastful, it's not proud, rude, doesn't demand its own way, it's not irritable, doesn't keep any records of wrongdoing doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And it never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's what love is. And that's what Jesus' love is for us. Can you imagine? I'm a pretty terrible person. I'll be the first to admit it. I am. We all are. We're all sinners. <laughs> Can you imagine that I still, he still loves me enough to die for me? Makes you feel about an inch tall that you would be worth that much. It does. 
And just knowing that love, and then we, knowing the love that we have with Christ, that people would know us because of the way we love others. It's really hard to go out and say, I'm a Christian, and then be really mean to other people, especially knowing what love is supposed to look like. It's not rude. I'm never rude anyway. There's never a reason to be rude people. But that's how people know who we are and who we belong to is by the way we love others because we were loved first. And most importantly, though, we can't be Christians without Christ and we can't be Christians without his love. Otherwise, everything we do is for naught. It means nothing. And we need Christ, we need Jesus and his love to share the good news about salvation throughout the world throughout the world. And last but not least is joy. You know, people confuse joy with happiness. Did you know that? Joy is not happiness. It's not circumstantial. So when I'm in a good mood, that's not joy. Joy comes from your relationship with God. It is based on his love for you in the relationship with him. And when you draw near to God and he draws near to you, you will know joy unspeakable. It is like nothing else in your life. And it can also be experienced. So there's a couple of things. So when you read your Bible, some people experience joy in many different ways, especially when you're cultivating a relationship with the Lord. My, it's like reading your Bible, being in prayer, and just having that time with the Lord. I have a favorite word that always brings joy, and I can feel the Holy Spirit in me whenever I think of this word, or I hear it in a song, or I read it in the Bible, and it's the word victory. Victory. I got victory in Jesus. There's actually an old hymn, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, and he bought me with his redeeming blood. It's an old hymn, but every time I hear the word victory, it's exactly what I think about. And I am humbled beyond anything else because of his love for me. And it brings me extreme joy. And nobody can affect it. And nobody can take that away from you. That's the beautiful thing about the joy of the Lord is nobody can steal it from you. It is yours because it was given to you by God. No one else. So I definitely would have never made it as an Israelite. How many of you guys would have made it? No, 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 just Luke. Excellent. <laughs> You'd be a Levite. You would have fired me by now. Yes. <laughs> it's, been, it's official. But you know what? I love being a Christian because I love God. And, I, and there are days when I'm really good at it, and I'm like patting myself on the back, like I got this thing down. And there are days where I'm like, this is so bad, <laughs> so bad. And it's true, and I think we all go through that. But I would rather be a Christian any day of the week because I have God on my side, and I have his hope, and I have his peace, his love, and his joy. I love that about my God, and I love that about our relationship. 
And I know that with those things and with God on my side, nothing can stand against me. Nothing. And so I will always look forward to tomorrow because I've got Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. Close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, man, I just love you. Praise your name every single day, morning, noon, and night. Lord, I just pray for each person who is with us today. Lord, that you would just be with them. Go with them through the week and bless them mightily. Heal Heal the sick, those in pain, in the physical body, and in their hearts, Lord. I just ask these things in your precious name. Amen. All right, so we will see you guys next week, 10 o'clock. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. God loves you. Have a wonderful week.